Welcome back to another episode of the Heated Up Podcast. I'm your host, Ross Brown. If you're not following us on any social media sites, please go over to Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Use the at symbol, Heated Up Podcast. You'll find all our content there, as well as go over to Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Anchor.fm, and go over and type in Heated Up Podcast. You'll find us over there. Apple Podcast right now is struggling with us. Um, I've been going back and forth with the um, Apple Podcast Connect help. Um, and hopefully we'll be able to get back on Apple Podcasts, but this week will be another Spotify-only episode. Now, today's episode, episode 34, I believe, we got a little bit to talk about. We got a lot of news, specifically in Miami. Miami Dolphins trading for Tyreek Hill. The Miami Heat, big blowout on the sidelines. We got to talk about the implications of that. We also got to talk about UFC London because that was such a big pay-per-view. Patty Pimblett. Um, Tom Aspinall, we got to talk about big guys um, that that popped off on that pay-per-view. And we also got to talk about the NCAA tournament. It has been a week. We had the round of 64 and the round of 32 go down. And this week, actually tonight, when we're recording this, is the start of the Sweet 16. So we got a lot to talk about. Break that down. My bracket winners and everything coming up on today's episode of the Heated Up Podcast. Let's get ready to heat it up. Welcome back from the break. Happy Friday, everybody. Um, it is the 25th. We're almost done with March. I feel like two episodes ago we were talking about how just March and February just fly by, and it is absolutely insane to me. Um, we got a lot to talk about. I feel like today's episode is going to be very informative. We got a lot to talk about, um, you know, with the NCAA tournament, the NBA, the NFL, the MLB. There's a lot to talk about UFC. So I'm going to quick fire a couple of hot takes in the beginning um, of today's episode, and then we'll kind of just break down and go in our in-depth episodes like we usually do. So starting off, I want to talk about UFC quickly. Um, obviously, Patty Pimblett, everybody knows he had a nice uh, a victory over there. Um, big victory for Tom Aspinall. And uh, Dan Hooker goes down when he goes down um, in a big way. So it was a decent pay-per-view. Um, this weekend we got Curtis Blades and Chris Dawkins, um, and we'll and we'll kind of touch on that. It's not like a crazy, um, you know, pay-per-view. Um, it's not even a pay-per-view. It's just it's just an event, you know. So so these events, a lot of people don't like to tune in. Um, they want to go. We got a lot to talk about. Is Masvidal? There's a little bit. And I'm glad we get to start off with the UFC in this episode. So um, Volkov lost submission, straight arm lock. Um, Aspinall, it was a quick fight, honestly. Um, I don't think a lot of people saw that one coming, but Tom Aspinall is definitely, I think, definitely deserves a title shot within the next couple of fights. Um, Arnold Allen knocked out Dan Hooker. Dan Hooker went down to featherweight. I just don't think he deserves to be in featherweight. I think Dan Hooker is more of a lightweight. He's always been a lightweight. I don't think the featherweight division is a good division for Dan Hooker to go in, but when you look at the, the top of the lightweight division, there's guys that Dan Hooker can't compete with. So do we see the end for Dan Hooker? Is this the end of his career? Um, I hope not. We'll see what happens when he comes in. And Paddy Pimblett, rear naked um, choke. We all saw this coming, honestly. Um, Paddy Pimblett, I mean, absolutely. Coming out to the crowd, he reminds me of a McGregor where he's got the crowd, he's got it, and he's Irish. He's Irish, so everyone loves him. You know, the, you know, they see McGregor in him. He's got to continue to win. That's what Dana White said, and we'll hopefully see what happens with Paddy Pumblet down, um, you know, down the line. Um, let's see. There's a bunch of arrests for the UFC. Conor McGregor arrested, charged with dangerous driving. I don't know um, what happened there. Um, 
crazy to me. Um, McGregor, I think he passed the the, the drug test and the, um, the 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 DUI test. So I don't know if he was just racing on the sides. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened, but it was in Ireland. Obviously, we'll see what happens with him if he's any punishment within the UFC, and we got to see what happens. Chael Sonnen, eleven battery charges. Eleven. He got arrested. Eleven battery charges. Did he fight the staff too? Like what happened there? Um, Chael Sonnen. We'll see what happens. He's out on bail. Um, and then Kobe Covington, Jorge Masvidal altercation. Kobe Covington hanging out with the Nelk Boys. Um, as some of you guys know, I love the Nelk Boys. Um, they were Bob Menery and Bob Menery posting Kobe Covington's out. Jorge Masvidal caught him and um, assaulted him. He fractured his tooth um, and a couple of other things. Kobe Covington sounds like press charges. And now we are going to see um, Jorge Masvidal in jail. Jorge Masvidal, two charges after alleged Kobe Covington altercation. Um, I know he's out $15,000 bail um, in Miami. Um, not bad, um, but it's a case where it was could face you know legal repercussions. Assuming um, Brokobi Covington, um, you know UFC taking punishment and uh, suspending Jorge Masvidal. Uh, Jorge Masvidal going to jail. Like jail time is involved with this. Um, this isn't something to joke around about. This isn't something to you know take lightly. Um, it sucks because as you all know, Jorge Masvidal is one of my favorite fighters. But this is a bad situation to be in if you're Jorge Masvidal. Um, Khabib kind of stood up for Jorge. Um, I'm going to kind of read you um, the quote. This is a Jorge, uh, Khabib talking about um, Colby, the situation. He said, if you are stronger than someone inside that octagon, it does not mean you can insult his children. No one has the right to insult someone's family. Once you have gone down that path, then be ready to back up your words. You were attacked by a professional fighter, the same as you are, your own size, and you go press charges against him to the police, question mark. I think all welterweights should refuse to fight Colby. Just don't accept fights with him. Let him sit without a fight. It will probably probably significantly affect him and all fighters who even think of insulting families, who is provoking the fighters to look for someone in restaurants to deal with him. I agree with with Khabib. I think that Jorge wouldn't have run up on him if Kobe didn't, you know, go after his family. And I know a lot of people will be like, you know, it's fighting, da-da-da, Dana White says the same thing. And I also agree to that, but there's a line you draw, you know. You don't talk about someone's family, you know. It, past this, it, it reminds me of a WWE thing where these guys will go after families and stuff like that. But this is real life. Like, those are, like, scripted behind the bars. This is Colby Covington saying, you know what, F you to your family. I don't care about them. And basically going down on them. And it's very, very difficult to see Jorge Masvidal in this situation because, you know, he's a family-oriented man. And regardless of all the Twitter trolls and Colby Covington saying he's a deadbeat dad, he's a father. And regardless if he's close with his kids or not, those are his flesh and blood. That's his family. And it sucks to see somebody go after that and attack it. While it might be funny and humorous to a lot of people, I might not going to lie and sit and say I haven't laughed at a situation like this um but it's difficult to see one of your favorite fighters have to go to jail um for an altercation like that when you talk about the talk and kobe saying if he saw jorge in person he'd slam him on his head in the uh the concrete and then when you see a video of kobe saying like what the hell dude to bob Henry being upset that jorge masvidal found him it's just a front that's what kobe Covington is doing um and it's a difficult situation to be in if you're jorge masvidal and i feel bad i honestly honestly feel bad um for jorge masvidal um UFC is going to book Figueredo and Moreno for um, Errol Hawani broke that. I actually subscribed to his um, newsletter. I want to see everything that they're talking about. And he always has all the news. 
uh, Michael Pereira and Santiago Ponzinibbio. Um, they're going to fight UFC Fight Night in May. It sounds like May 21st. Um, Tom Aspinall, I was talking about maybe a title shot. He says he's not interested in a title shot. Whether he's interested or not, does that mean the UFC won't offer it and he might not take it? No, but he says he doesn't want it. I think he would definitely take the title shot fight if he could. Um, so we'll see what happens. Um, uh, the Cain Velasquez story, um, we talked about that. Nothing really to talk about there. He's still obviously in jail, un unfortunately, unlucky. Um, and yeah, I think that's kind of it for the UFC. I know I wanted to talk about Chris Dawkins and um, Curtis Blades. We'll see what happens in that one. That one's a very interesting fight. Um, Chris Dawkins, the heavy dog on that one. Curtis Blades is minus 425. Curtis Blades, obviously everybody knows, one of the best submission guys in the heavyweight division. We'll see what happens in that fight. We also got Askar Askarov and Kai Kara France, who Kai Kara France just knocked out Cody Garbrandt last time out. So we got to see what happens there. Kai Kara France is the heavy dog, but we have to see because Askarov hasn't fought in a little bit. So I'm very interested to see in that fight. And Alexi Olenek, one of the guys that has one of the most... Um, UFC fights in I think all of the UFC I don't even think just in the heavyweight division um, he's a dog on this one as well um, Neil Magny and Max Griffin Neil Magny another guy that I love is a fan favorite um, and other than those fights that I just named everything else in my eyes is not worth watching Matt Brown fighting obviously Matt Brown obviously another fan favorite but that's not really a big fight um, and yeah those are the news for um, the UFC that I kind of wanted to touch on um, there's not real much to talk about that. Let's jump MLB because we got to talk about that. What's going on? Um, an hour ago, Randall Gritchek got traded for Ryan Tapia. Um, the Blue Jays and Marlins are talking about a Teoscar Hernandez trade. I'd love to see him go away. I cannot see him back for the Blue Jays. Um, what else is going on? We got to talk about that. It, it hasn't. Um, I don't want to talk about it right now because um, that's more of an NBA topic, but. Now we'll, we'll we'll do it after the break. We'll do it after the break because I got a lot to say about that. Um, Devers says the Red Sox haven't offered him a contract extension. Judge has not had a contract extension. Um, interesting to see those guys. Carlos Correa finally signs with the Twins. I don't think we talked about that last episode. So Carlos Correa now a Twin. Um, I guess he wants to play for poverty. That's all I'm going to say. Sorry, any Twins out fans out there. Carlos Correa is going there for what? No offense, but you don't really have like like if he went to the Rangers and he was like I'll play I'll play like third, do you know what I mean with Simeon uh, Seager and I, I would understand that. But when you go to a team like the Twins, it's like what are you doing? What are you doing? Um, the Red Sox <sighs> signed Trevor Story. I don't think we talked about that last episode. That's a very very difficult one. Um, Ah, yeah, uh, Brett Gardner getting interest from the Blue Jays. He says he's going to wait for the Yankees. Um, Blue Jays and Matt Chapman got a deal done. Um, let's see what else. I'm trying to see any crazy news. I don't really think we've had crazy news go down. Um, at least as far as um, you know, MLB news. Astros didn't budge. Marlins got Jorge Soler, so that was a nice little signing by them. Um, Oh, right here. Carlos Correa discussed four-year deal with, deal with the Yankees before joining Twins. If Carlos Correa would have signed with the Yankees, the Yankees' offseason would have been a massive W. I think it was an N leaning towards a W. If they can get either uh, Manea or uh, Montez, I think that's Montez, um, from the A's, I think those are big signings. I think those will be big signings. Um, we'll see what happens. Nick Castellanos goes to the Phillies, so now the Phillies have Schwarber and Castellanos and... Um, 
Uh, la, 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 I'm trying to think. Bre uh, Bryce Harper. So that's that's a nice little outfield over there. I think probably uh, Schwarber will probably play DH now that they have the DH universally. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, I think that's kind of it. Oh, Luke Voigt got traded to the Padres. Garrett Richards goes to the Rangers. Darren Duffy goes to the Dodgers. Of course he does. Um, and I don't think there's any other crazy news for the MLB. I think the MLB was kind of silent and quiet this past week, which is good because the NFL popped off, which we'll break into quickly right now because we haven't talked much. Deshaun Watson got traded to the Browns. I don't know if we talked about that last episode. I know there's a couple of things I probably might go back over, but some of you might not have listened to the last episode. So Deshaun Watson is going to the Cleveland Browns. Baker Mayfield sounds like he's getting traded. But it ain't to the Colts, and that was his number one option because Matt Ryan got traded there. Um, that'll be a big one to see. And we'll do an NFL preview like we did last time. Actually, the thing was our first episode. We went through a whole NFL preview, um, and I'm excited to go through all that um, you know, and, and see what happens there. Bobby Wagner going to the Rams. It sounds like there's mutual interest, so he's probably going to go there. Um, I hope not because the Rams are just going to continue getting stacked. Um I guess there's another case on Deshaun Watson, or at least another charge they could go after Deshaun Watson for, so we'll see what happens there. Um, Malcolm Butler going back to the Patriots. That's a big one. There you go, guys. Um, see what happens there. I, I, I still want to save. You know what I want to talk about. If you guys have known anything about me, I love to save the best talk for last, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to give it to you yet. Not going to give it to you yet. The Chiefs are hosting MVS, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Um, we'll see what happens there. There's a lot of people saying that that is a, um, uh, 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 I'm trying to think of the word. It, it, the reason they're doing that is to go from speed to speed. You'll understand what I'm talking about in a minute. Um, Odell says he's interested in a Browns return. Probably won't be if Deshaun Watson gets um, suspended. So I don't. I doubt that's going to happen. The Dolphins. I know I didn't talk about this one. The Dolphins land Teron Armstead five years, eighty-seven and a half million dollars. Massive, ladies and gentlemen, that is massive. Devontae Adams, I don't think we talked about it, but he was traded to the Raiders. Another massive deal. That is insane. Aaron Rodgers is going to throw to who now? If he doesn't have Valdez Scantling, he's not going to have Devontae Adams, who's always open. Might I add? Who are we gonna? Who are we gonna throw to? Rogers. I think Rogers is gonna be in jeopardy soon. No offense. I think he'll retire at some point, um, and that's what's gonna happen. Let's see what else. Zadarius Smith goes to the Vikings, three years, forty-two million. I think that's a good move for them. I think that they need another guy, um, and that can kind of replicate maybe Ray Lewis a little bit more of um, a pass rusher. But I think he definitely, um, you know, can have some impact on that team. Um, Robert Woods got traded to the Titans. Julio Jones got released by the Titans, but Robert Woods got traded to the Titans. I don't think I covered that last week. That's a big one. Leonard Fournette went to the Patriots, talked with Bill Belichick, and was like, you know what? I'm going to go to Bill Belichick's successor. I'm going back and playing with Tom Brady. Three years, $21 million. That'll be an interesting one to see. Jamison Crowder leaves the Jets, goes over to the Bills on a one-year deal. Um... Jameis Winston returning to the Saints. The Saints struck out on Watson. They struck out on a couple of guys. They're going back with Jameis, famous Jameis, who, if you all remember my first episode, I went in on Jameis Winston. And in that first week, I had to come back on here and apologize to Jameis Winston because of how good he had. And then he struggled. So it was like, what are we doing? What's going on? You know, um, the Falcons signed Marcus Mariota after trading um, Matt Ryan. Darius Leonard is attempting to get Julio Jones. 
over uh, over to the Colts. We'll see what happens there. Um, let's see what else. Let's see what else. Oh, Urban Meyer, and we did not talk about this. Urban Meyer didn't know who Aaron Donald was. There was a report that came out that Urban Meyer said, who's this 99 guy on the, the Rams? I, I know people that don't watch football that know who Aaron Donald is. This guy, Urban Meyer, is busy at the club feeling up on young girls. Um, of age, of age, of course. I'm not throwing out accusations, but of age. But young girls, and he's not paying attention to the football games, you know? What are we doing? Trent Brown going back to the Patriots. Um, Lyle Collins, three-year deal with the Bengals. That is massive. If any of you understand how massive that is, what was the issue in the Super Bowl? Joe Burrow had no protection. Getting Lyle Collins is a big, big, big uh, improvement for Joe Burrow on that offensive line. Um, Cowboys sound like they're interested in Jason Pierre-Paul. Um, Packers are bringing back Robert Tanyan, so at least Rodgers will have his tight end. He doesn't have receivers, though. we got to see what happens there. They're probably going to draft a couple of receivers and probably try to trade for a couple. Maybe Julio Jones. Julio Jones may be a sleeper to the Packers. I wouldn't I wouldn't mind that one. I think that would be a nice little option for Aaron Rodgers. I mean, two probably greatest. Um, now, let me rephrase. Two of the top ten. Ah, Julio's probably out in that top 15, top 20, but all-time receivers uh, are at their position. Rodgers, obviously, a top 10 quarterback, but Julio probably in that top 10 to top 20 range. Um, we'll see what happens there. Cordell Patterson going back to the Falcons. That's a good deal. Cordell Patterson, I'm happy for him. Moving over to running back, he had a good deal. Um, let's see. Let's see. Oh, David Ajabo, um, Michigan guy. Obviously, I don't like him as an Ohio State fan, but you know, you never want to see a guy go down. He probably tore his Achilles, um, but it sounds like he's kind of on track. Um, he'll be back, hopefully, at some point at the start of the season. We'll see what happens. Um, I, I think that he'll still get drafted, maybe a first-rounder, um, even with the injury. But, you know, some teams will kind of be question marks. You don't want to go over him. You don't really want to do it. It's tough. It's tough because you don't want to oversell, and he can't really play to the same ability as he did before, um, and, and, that's a, and that's frustrating. Um, John Clayton, R.I.P., um, one of the best NFL analysts. I remember him on some of these commercials, these funny commercials. When they had ESPN commercials, ESPN should go back to that kind of stuff. They have the personnel to do it. I don't know why they don't do it. Um, let's see. Anything else? Yeah, Mayfield just not not getting traded, um, unfortunately. We'll see what happens. Oh, Juju. Juju going to the Chiefs, one-year deal. Um, we didn't even talk about that. Juju, um, interesting move. Um, it kind of makes sense now because we'll go into it right now because there's not really much else to talk about. So, the Miami Dolphins, two days ago. I woke up. Um, I was hanging out with my dog um, on the couch. I had my phone on Do Not Disturb because I don't want anyone to wake me up in the middle of the night. Um, only have a couple of people that can go through and actually text me. <sighs> I go over. I take my phone off Do Not Disturb and Bam. I see Dolphins and Jets finalists, and I was like, "Well, the finalists for what? Like, what's going on? Who's who's a trade? Who are they getting? Like, who's the, who's a free? I was trying to think of free agents in my head. I was like, okay, free agents. Um, you know, Bobby Wagner. I was like, that wouldn't be a bad move. They need a linebacker probably um, to line up next to Jerome Baker. You need a couple of guys. I'm like, okay, this no. And I get on it, and it says for Tyreek Hill. And I sit there, and I'm like, wait a minute. And so I'm freaking out on my Twitter. I'm like, this is crazy. This is massive, da, da, da. And then I was like, okay, so why is this happening? Turns out 
the Devontae Adams contract really made him go, I want more money. The Chiefs didn't want to offer him as much money. Um, and now he's a Miami Dolphin. Just to go quickly into it, he's a Miami Dolphin. The fastest receiver in the NFL, the most dynamic playmaker in the NFL, um, a guy that can turn a five-yard gain into to a 50-yard touchdown, is now on the Miami Dolphins, who also have Jalen Waddell who just got Connor Williams and Teron Armstead, who helped that offensive line because Tua struggled against that offensive line, or, or with that offensive line, excuse me, um, all year, and that's been an issue, and we all know it. So now you're giving Tua the best playmaker in the NFL, actual running backs in Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert, and you still have Miles Gaskin there, who's, you know, we'll see what happens. It's a committee over there, but we'll see who can uh, be the favorite starter. Um, and you still have Cedric Wilson that you just signed, and you have Mike Gusecki who you just franchised, and you have Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, the two fastest receivers, if not the fastest, Jalen Waddle's a top five fastest receiver. It's the fastest receiving core in the NFL. And you see what happens with Pat Mahomes uh, when he had fast receivers like that, and Pat Mahomes and Tua are totally different quarterbacks. I'm not saying they're the same, but you could see what happens when Mahomes chucks it down, even a quick slant. Tua can make those passes, and we'll see what happens. He's got to be a better quarterback. With Tyreek Hill there now, you build around him. You're not building around Tua. You're building around him. So if Tua isn't the guy this year, be damn sure the Dolphins are going to look to try to move Tua and try to get someone next year. Maybe Aaron Rodgers is like, you know what? Give me Tyreek Hill. Imagine that. Aaron Rodgers asked for a trade one year out. That would be something. Um, but I think this is massive for the AFC, not only for the AFC, for the whole NFL. I think the Dolphins' defense was very good last year. There were a couple games they struggled. The Bills game in particular, we all remember that, where they got shut out. But that was more of the offensive issues. I think they could have kept up with them with a def- an offense like this right now. Um, so we'll have to see again what happens with this offense. But I think, especially in the AFC East, where the Patriots look to be doing nothing, the Jets are striking out on everybody. I'm so, so sorry, Jets fans, for this Tyreek Hill situation. Um... And the Bills obviously getting a little bit better, but still being the juggernaut that they are. I think the Dolphins probably finish in second place, maybe sneaking into the wild card. And I think that they have some big aspirations because the AFC is a bloodbath now. So we'll have to see what happens there. All right. That's enough talking. I My throat hurts already. Um, I'll be right back. Um, we will talk about the NBA, what is going on, um, and maybe even close it out with the NCAA tournament. I know, kind of a quicker episode, um, and, and I'm trying to get back on Apple Podcasts. I'll dive into that after the break, but yeah, we'll be right back. Here's a podcast. Welcome back from the break, everybody. Um, yeah, let me get, let me dive into the Apple Podcast. So I know a lot of you, I, I've seen the analytics. A lot of you listen to Apple Podcasts, and I'm sorry you have to listen on Spotify. I hate Spotify. Um, the issue was, um, so there's a thing called RSS feed. Um, and so you can go on one website and upload through one specific website, um, and it just distributes your podcast through that. Um, I never used that for Apple Podcasts, I automatically uploaded to there. Um, and so I've gotten an email that said I had um, agreements that needed to be filled out. That was a lie. I got told that my RSS distribution, it's going through them um, from Anchor, and it's just not. So I've been beat around the bush, and it's very frustrating. And I don't know whether I'm going to call. If I don't hear anything back within a week, Um, Before I record next episode, I'm going to call because this is very frustrating that my podcast is just gone. It's just wiped and it has nothing to do with the RSS feed. And I continue to upload every episode. I say it's a Spotify exclusive, but I I literally upload every episode still. It says 
published, 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 published. There's nothing I've done. All subscriber audio available immediately. Anyone can listen on Apple Podcasts. We're just not being shown when you look us up. Even when you use the link, we're not being used. So it's like, I don't understand it. It's just very confusing to me. The last couple of episodes just have not been listened to. And like, I just don't understand it, to be honest. So yeah, I don't understand it. It's very confusing, very frustrating. Um, But we're going to figure it out. We'll get back on Apple Podcasts um, and uh, we'll figure out each episode. So um, today's episode, obviously, we talked about the UFC. We talked about the NFL. Now it's time to break down what everybody seems to be talking about, especially Eastern Conference rivals, the Miami Heat's um, implodement, you want to call it, issues on the um, basketball court. The Miami Heat uh, lost to the Philadelphia 76ers without Joel Embiid and James Harden. Um, they let Tyrese Maxey, uh, Tobias Harris, uh, Cork Maas, all these guys cook them. Um, obviously, you can't do that if you are a team that is either contending for a championship or has championship aspirations. Um, so, okay, it's, it's just a loss, whatever. It's a hard league to win in, you know, just had a bad night. You then go on to play Golden State the next night or the next game you had, which was two nights after. At home, by the way. This was at home. Um, and you go and play them without a Steph Curry, without a Draymond Green, without a Klay Thompson, without a Otto Porter. So they came out with a team of Jordan Poole, Jonathan Kaminga, Andrew Wiggins, Kevon Looney, and Nemanja Bielitsa. And you have your entire squad out there. And don't get me wrong, the Warriors are a good team. Okay, They're a deep team, we all know that. They have a lot of young guys that have stuff to prove. We all know that. That's a fact. They're a good team. They're, what, third in the West. They've had all these injuries. Klay Thompson, without Klay Thompson, they were, what, first in the East, uh, in the West, excuse me. Um, but, you know, before, you know, Phoenix came out of nowhere. Um, well, not out of nowhere, but you know what I'm trying to say. Um, and overtook them. You can't lose games to those kind of teams, especially teams without their best players. And I know, again, they got the young guys. They're very, very important um, role players, but they're good. Jordan Poole's a good player. Jonathan Kaminga's a young, good player. Andrew Wiggins, an all-star, okay? I'm not saying they lost to a bunch of scrubs. Like, they didn't lose to the Houston Rockets, and the Rockets didn't have, like, Jalen Green and Christian Wood. They lost to a pretty good team, a team that's going to go far in the playoffs, has finals aspirations, and maybe could even win it all if they can get on a hot streak. So, And you have to also watch the game. You could see it. It was an ESPN post. It was Jordan Poole banking a one-legged three deep, deep, deep. And it kind of felt like that the whole night where the, just the offense did not have the fluidity. It did not have the passing all around. Um, and where you look at a team like Boston who's continuing to pass the ball around, they just had a game. Marcus Smart had 13 threes. They had like 37 assists, okay? They're playing high basketball right now, and the Miami Heat are playing low, and it's kind of like they flip-flopped because I always talk about the Celtics because I'm in Massachusetts. It's kind of like they flip-flopped. Miami's playing like Boston did early in the season, and Boston's playing like Miami did early in the season. So it's a struggle because Miami is too good for situations like this. And so in the third quarter, I believe it was, um, Jimmy Butler and Udonis Haslam going at it. Udonis Haslam saying he would beat Jimmy's ass um, multiple times. I mean, he was going off. Um, Spo got angry, swore at Jimmy, threw his clipboard down. Um, it was a big thing, and now ESPN and National News is covering it. What do I have to say regarding that situation? 
we know this was stuff was going to happen. We know and we've heard in practice that it's gotten worse. It's gotten way worse than what we saw, okay? Miami's usually good at showing um, no hand. They're good at, you know, keeping their hand a secret, showing that there's no issue, showing that they're a team that's built together, winning together, um, and a happy squad. Um, we also know that this team is built with a bunch of alphas. These guys are all alpha males, as they should be. You don't have any beta males out there that are like a passive guy. You don't have those anymore on this Miami Heat team. All these dudes out here want to ball, and they want to play the best of their abilities. And so when you have a bunch of alphas, and you know that Jimmy's a hardhead, especially when they're losing, this isn't that surprising. But coming off of a loss against Philadelphia and coming off of a loss against the Warriors, a lot of people are going to say, okay, this is the beginning of the end for the Miami Heat. This is not the beginning of the end. There's two ways that this team can go. This team can either grow from this and show that they're a lot better than a lot of teams think they are because there's been a lot of doubt for this team. A lot of people are saying that they're a fake one seed, saying that they're not real deal. I guarantee that that's not real and that they would beat eight out of the eight or eight out of the ten playoff seeds with ease okay in a five to six game series okay we'll talk about brooklyn in a minute and maybe that'll go down to seven but we have to talk like this team is a number one seed and they've played because you've seen them play against the chicago i'm not going to say boston because they've struggled against boston this year and we'll get into that too um against brooklyn against milwaukee against sixers against you know some of these tougher teams the Cavs, as especially the last game this team needs growth from this moment. And if they can grow from this, that's a great, great thing. And it shows that this team's got a lot more heart than a lot of teams think they have. Another thing that was brought up, the rotation in the minutes. A lot of people, apparently, inside the organization, it sounds like, are not fond of the Markeith Morris and Victor Oladipo minutes. And they want Gabe Vincent to come back because he's been balling. Gabe has struggled his past couple of games, so it's not surprising that he got sat. Will Spo ever bring Gabe back out, especially in the regular season? Probably. He probably should go back to a Deadman and, and Gabe, but Deadman having back issues. Gabe struggling shooting. You got to bring in guys that can help. And Markeith Morris and Victor Oladipo are better players than Gabe Vincent and Dwayne Deadman, regardless of you know what the fans and the players like. That is a fact. Both those guys have played better minutes. They've looked more fluid in the offense. Um, but it looks just as though there's a lot of again alpha mentalities where they're saying we want Gabe or we want um, you know Dwayne. Deadman and that's just not how it works and it's a struggle and this team needs to be unified and come together because look at a team like Boston who's playing out of their mind right now or look at a team that Brooklyn and I'm going to go into it right now Brooklyn has got the mask mandate or the vaccine mandate lifted so Kyrie can play every game we need Brooklyn to get the seven seed and Miami needs to keep the one seed because I do not want to play Kyrie and Kevin Durant in a seven game series I just don't we all know what will happen. It'll be a struggle of a series. No Ben Simmons, but both those guys, again, Kyrie just scored 43 the other night. Kevin Durant scored 35 in the same game. So right there, that's 78 points by two guys. You can't have that in a playoff series, and I think Miami will struggle against a team like that with two very big playmakers that can absolutely light the floor up in five minutes and drop 20 points in those five minutes. So... It's a struggle. It's very, very difficult to watch um, Kyrie be able to come back, but hopefully Brooklyn can even sneak into six. Like, take six, please, please. Um, I would not be upset with that. Um, going back to the Boston thing, I'm going to the Boston Heat, uh, Boston and the Miami Heat game um, on Wednesday of this coming week. Um, I have a big week ahead of me. I'm very excited. Um, but I have that game, and that game is going to be very indicative because I not only have a bet on the Heat, 
taking over the Celtics um, or having a better record than the Celtics. But I also have struggled to see the Heat play good against Boston. And last year, obviously, we know Boston struggled um, against the Heat, especially at the TD Garden. They had, like, back-to-back games. I was there for both games. Um, The Heat blew them out. We have to see what happens again. And Tyler Hero wasn't playing against the Warriors. So you have to see when the bench unit drops 13 points, they're not going to win games. And I feel like with this issue with the Miami Heat, Tyler Hero has got to keep coming off the bench. A lot of people want him to start over Duncan. Duncan's shooting like 40% from three the past couple of months. I don't want Duncan coming out. Tyler Hero needs to come off the bench. He's the only spark off that bench that's consistent. And he's a guy that literally could be an all-star coming off the bench since, I don't even know, Lou Will maybe? I don't even know a guy that's come off the bench and has been a, uh, an all-star. Um, but Tyler Hero deserved it this year. He's played like an all-star. He's played. He's going to average the most points for the Miami Heat. This team just has to come together. I think they will. Um you know, you know, it's a struggle. It's a struggle to watch this team implode on itself, especially with how good they've played all year. Um, but I'm not worried. I'm not worried um, about where this team goes. Next game's at home against the Knicks. And then you got the Nets coming in. And you got Kyrie and you got Kevin Durant. So, again, you have to see what happens. You need to get a big win against the Knicks. You need to get a big win against the Nets. Come off those um, and bounce back and have some really good games. Um, but, like, a team like Boston and a team like Brooklyn, and a team like Milwaukee. Those are probably the three most dangerous teams now. And I know when I talked about this a month ago, Boston was at the bottom of my list of feared, and they have just played nuclear basketball. And if they continue to play nuclear basketball, again, I said this in the beginning of the season, they will be in the NBA Finals um, if they can continue playing like this because they are playing high, high-level basketball, very team-friendly basketball. Peyton Pritchard's playing out of his mind. Marcus Smart passing and dishing the ball. Jason Tatum playing like an MVP like he probably will be in the next couple of years. But there is just so much good basketball going on. But the Miami Heat have to get into that conversation of playing good basketball. Because if not, they will be in a first-round exit once again. And then you have to scratch your head and look at this team and say, where do you improve and where do you go from this squad? So that is that for the NBA. I don't really want to break down too much into it. Um, You know, it's tough. It's tough, 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 tough. The the, The vaccine mandate going up. Um, and being lifted is worrisome for a lot of teams, um, but we'll have to see what happens um, come the next couple of weeks for the Heat. Um, I think they got nine games left. I'll kind of go through quickly who they got next. Um, I already said they got the Knicks. I said they got the Nets. Then you got the Kings, Celtics, Bulls, Raptors, Hornets, Hawks, Magic. So you kind of end the year slower with worse teams. Um you know, I think the best matchups they have, or the toughest matches, was the Nets and the Celtics. The Bulls will be a little bit of a struggle, but they're 0 in like 16 against the best teams in the East, um, or at least the top three. So I'm not too, too worried about the Bulls. Um, the Raptors, again, that's a hard game, but I'm not worried. Nets, Hornets, Hawks, Magic, I'm not worried about those games. So you got to get past the Nets. You got to get past the Celtics. If you do that, I think you continue to be on top of the East, and that will be very important. Finally, we'll go into it kind of quickly. Um, I've made more money on the NCAA tournament than I did last year. The year before, I made my most money. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens with that. Um, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Breaking news. Chris Paul's going to return tonight against the Nuggets. Um, interesting, 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 interesting. Um, sorry. I Yeah, sometimes I like go on my phone and like I just get breaking news. And I'm like, oh, okay. Um but yeah, NCAA tournament. Um, my pick is out, Tennessee. Um, if I had to pick a second team to win it all, 
Um, I'm easily going with Houston. I think that Houston's defense and the way they slow the ball down and the way that they um, play phenomenal defense in that half court, their, their half court offense is the issue with the team, I think. Um, you look at it, how, how, how do they win games? They win games based off of their turnovers. Their turnover ratio is phenomenal in the NCAA. I think they're one of the best defensive teams. And getting those turnovers, um, I mean, even if they go up against a team like Arizona, like they're going up against, or if they had to go face a Gonzaga or a Duke, I think that with their turnovers, I think that that's where they will flourish in these games. So my pick is absolutely going to be Houston to win the rest of the tournament. And obviously it's funny because I remember last year I was very high on Houston. I was very high um, on Houston to win. I was just so confident in them. Their defense, their turnover ratios, everything was so important um, for them last year. This year, I think this might be their year, especially with how they played as of late. So let's break down the um, games. I'm sorry you guys can hear me typing um, a little all over the place with a couple of things. So, all right, let's go through the spreads. We'll go through this. I already said my pick, um, and we'll kind of break down these games quickly tonight, which you guys will obviously hear on Friday, the pick. So I got Purdue and St. Peter's. It's first game. I got St. Peter's plus 12. I think that the way they've played, they're they're a sleeper team. I think they're very, very underrated. I think Purdue's amazing. I love Purdue. Purdue is one of my top five teams to go in advance to the finals of this whole tournament. Um, Purdue's a good team, but 12 points for St. Peter's, a team that just took down Kentucky, a team that just took down, oh, I can't think of it. Uh, I thought of it in my head, and I cannot think who they just beat. Oh, it's killing me now. I got to look it up now. St. Peter's. But who's who's the guy? Doug something? Doug something, I think that's his name. Um, Murray State. They beat Murray State. Um, who? Doug Eater. He had a Buffalo Wild Wings deal. He just got a Buffalo Wild Wings deal come down. So that is unbelievable. I'm very happy for that team. St. Peter's plus 12. I like that one. Um, North Carolina for... Um, this is tomorrow, I guess. Um, I'm not going in order, apparently. North Carolina plus two. I got them at plus two and a half. Lock. North Carolina has played up to their competition the past couple of months. Um, to end the season, they kind of remind me of a Boston Celtics. To end their season, they played phenomenally. I love what North Carolina did against Baylor. Obviously, they came and made it such a close game, but North Carolina is going to absolutely beat UCLA. Even though Johnny Juzang, um, they just they just aren't the team that I think Javier Jaquez, they're not the team that we all thought they would be, especially from last year. They're a big, long um, extended time in the tournament and get into that final four run. I don't think they are that same team, and I think that North Carolina beats them tomorrow night. Gonzaga. I have Gonzaga minus 8.5. Gonzaga minus 10. I'm still going to take. Arkansas scares me. They're a slow team. Gonzaga loves to go off those turnovers. They're kind of like a Houston team where they go off the turnovers, but their half-court offense is one of the best in the nation. Um, Drew Timmy has played out of his mind. Chet Holgram has played out of his mind. Gonzaga minus 10 I think is a lock. They're such a dominant team, um, and I love that one. Texas Tech and Duke tonight, 930. It is an even pick'em game. I'm going Duke. I love Duke. Paolo Banchero has played phenomenally. I think that the point guard, the guard action with them, even with the big guys over there, Texas Tech played very well. I think they shot like 70-something percent um, from this tournament the first game, and then they kind of struggled a little bit last game against Notre Dame, but then they kind of pulled away. I love what Duke can do in this game. I love Duke. Um, I think they're just a mismatch for Texas Tech, and I think that Texas Tech's going to struggle a little bit against this um, Duke Blue Devils defense. Next one. Michigan Wolverines plus five and a half. I love Michigan. I love what Hunter Dickinson has done. I think that he has taken this team to another level. Again, 
brought up their game like a North Carolina, like the Boston Celtics. I keep kind of bringing in the same thing. These teams have stepped it up. It's like a new season. They don't look at the past. They're looking at what's going on right now, and I love what Hunter Dickinson has done for this team um, over the past couple of games. Hunter Dickinson, Michigan, plus 5.5. I like that bet. I don't know what I actually have them at, but I love that bet. Another one, Houston Cougars. Arizona, I think tonight has better games, to be honest. I think the Kansas-Providence game, Iowa-Miami games are all right. Gonzaga, um, or not Gonzaga, North Carolina and St. Peter's. Those are decent games, but I think that tonight, that you guys are going to hear this, it would have been yesterday, phenomenal games. Houston and Arizona, I love what Houston's going to do on this team. I think that Arizona's going to cough up a lot of turnovers. They haven't the past couple of games, but I think that Houston has defenses that they can throw at Arizona to slow down their best players. Um, and I think that Houston's going to win this one. I think they win this one right, outright, but I like plus one and a half. Take the points if you're not confident. A one-point game is absolutely something that can happen in this tournament. And then finally, we talk about Iowa State and Miami. Miami has been hot, and I wanted to take Miami, but i watching Iowa State play those last couple of games. I think that with the way Iowa State can control the ball, I think that the, their defense has been phenomenal. Phenomenal. Going against Wisconsin, having Wisconsin only score 49, LSU to 54. I think those are numbers that they can translate into big, big wins. I think Iowa State's absolutely going to cover the 2.5-point spread. And then I believe we have Providence... I'm in Kansas. Um, we cannot bet on it as um, betting in um, Rhode Island is um, – you can't bet on a Rhode Island team. Um, so I'm going with Kansas. I'm just still not sold on Providence. I don't know what the spread is. I can't look it up here. Um, actually, I'll look it up really quickly for you guys. Um, dun, dun, dun. It's 7.5. Give me Kansas. I think Kansas is a very, very strong team. Um, the way they've played their games this year, I'm really confident in Kansas covering the spread. Providence has had a nice little run. They're kind of like a St. Peter's. They'll cover um, if it was like a 12-point spread. But 7.5, I think Kansas can win this one by 10. So... That is that for the NCAA tournament. I cannot wait. Game to watch. Houston tonight. You guys obviously won't be able to hear this. Duke game. I would watch that. The Villanova-Michigan game. Going to be a good one. But the game of the night for tonight, technically, when you're listening to this, is North Carolina-UCLA. I think it's going to be a really good one. I'm very excited to see what this game can hold. And I think St. Peter's is going to be a lot closer than a lot of people think. I think Purdue's going to only win by a couple of points there. But... That is today's episode of the Heated Up Podcast. Please, if you're not following us on any social media sites, please go over Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Use the at symbol, Heated Up Podcast. Go over to Spotify, Apple Podcast. Apple Podcast, not yet. I'm hoping next week, we already talked about it, that we'll be able to get back on there. But also, go over to Anchor FM, type in Heated Up Podcast. We'll be over there. Next week, we'll have a lot more to talk about. Um, NCAA tournament, I think we'll be down to what? It's not the Elite Eight. We'll be down to the Final Four. So, we've got big, big aspirations I cannot wait to see. And we will talk about that. UFC, we'll talk about Curtis Blaze and Chris Dawkins' fight. I think it'll be a nice fight. So, if you want to tune into some fights, go over and watch that fight on ESPN, I believe it is, or ESPN Plus, five bucks a month month you can't go wrong with that we'll also talk about any new upbringings with any other ufc fighters that may or may not be uh, arrested you know it seems like they're all getting arrested and then we also will talk about the miami dolphins what are they doing like uh, is tyreek hill is this is this where we're going like are they gonna make any other moves i would love to see tyreek hill going on a podcast i'm gonna actually talk about that next week as well he's been talking good things about the team he wants to race Jalen waddle so i'm excited to see what happens and hopefully we'll come back to miami he will have beaten the celtics in the td garden the heat will beat the nets and the knicks as well as oh i forget the other team they play but i hope they win them all so good night everybody have a great day um heat up podcast we will be back next week Soundstripe.